from the news capital of the world. Welcome, it's The Daily Objective. I'm Jonathan Honig from capitalistpig.com. I'm delighted you're joining us today. A lot of you are already probably a little bit surprised that we have a Daily Objective today because the whole week we've been bringing you The Daily Objective live from Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and live from Ocon with really a whole week of tremendous live shows with this massive studio audience. I was fortunate to be part of one for one day with Don Watkins and Raka Ali and Nikos and all your favorite TDO stars were there. And we're only able to do this because of your super chat contributions and your membership as well. So I'll take this, get it done right at the top. You know me, I don't do a long spiel here. Um, so join Bonnie and take this opportunity to toss us $2, two pounds. You know, the pound is getting even more attractive now. So. You Europeans, step it up. We're students of objectivism, all learning together, trying to interpret uh, the world through Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism and hopefully living a better life because of it. You know, Ayn Rand talked about live, uh, philosophy and, and objectivism as a philosophy for living on earth. So we're gonna talk about living on earth and doing it successfully and answering a pretty important question about life on earth today. Um, one that I know Ayn Rand was very, important or insistent on and very vocal about. And that is uh, the topic of this guy, you know, the big man upstairs. Uh, you've probably seen him. Now I'm told this is an actual photograph of God. I don't know how they necessarily got the camera up that high, although maybe God himself took a selfie and then sent it down back to us. Now, if you're saying that's not God, that's not my God. You're, you know, this this easily could be your God as well. I mean, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. This is just as much of a legitimate God as well. And I don't I don't remember exactly what particular religion this is the God of, but you know, anything goes when it comes to mysticism and religion. So certainly, why not ask God? You know, who says that God's even got to be a guy? I mean, there's times in history, as I've understood from my extensive research of religion in the 50 minutes before the show this morning, there's actually been uh, female gods as well. Of course, there's been black gods. That's pretty common. Some de rigueur now to have a black god and why not, uh, you know? And in fact, there's even evidence of queer gods who according to Pride Magazine ruled ancient history. So you, I know what you're probably saying and thank you, Kirk as well for your contribution, Kirk Wilcox, a great channel of his own as well. You should follow and, and, and follow him as well. But for all of you who've done all this research about God and thought about God, I have to disappoint you with, offer a disappointment in that there is no God. There is no God. There is no God. Quoting now from Ms. Rand's speech and Atlas Shrugged, Galt's speech, God is that which no human not mind can know, they say and proceed to, to demand that you consider it knowledge. So think about that, it's something that you can't know and they're gonna say, no, this is, this is knowledge. God, again, quoting this right now, God is non-man, heaven is non-earth, soul is non-body, virtue is non-profit, A is not A, perception is not sensory, knowledge is not reason. Their definitions are not acts of defining, but of wiping out. And that's what really what, God is, and I'll just as a side note, I always observe it with children are mystified about God. I was mystified that my parents were talking about something like God. I quickly realized that they, it was like air quotes when they were talking about God, but this is really what 
God is, in my opinion, religion is, but it sounds like Miss Randa's writing with Galt speech here is really God is, it's the wiping out of one's brain. So I was a little bit delighted this week, I don't know if you caught this news, to see a, I think Pew poll, they do this every couple of years, they Pew Americans about their belief in God. Now here's the good news. And I'll just encourage you right now, once again, to hit the super chat if you're enjoying today's presentation. Here's the good news. Belief in God in the US has dipped to a new low, right? That's a positive, less and less people believing in God, being mystical, you know, subjugating themselves, sacrificing themselves for God. But here's what's, here's what's the bummer about this. It dips to 81%, it, it dips to, I mean, that's the low, still 19% of Americans believe in God. I mean, I was shocked. I was, as I said, was delighted to see what's going down, but shocked to see that 81% 81, uh, 81 of Americans still believe in God. And if you take a look at the trend, you know, I'm a chart, chartist, it's really not down that much in much of the 20th century and certainly into the 21st century. In 1944, 96% of Americans believed in God. And it was basically steady up until the 1980s. And only now, basically since 2010, has American belief in God begun to even crumble a little bit. And I, I just, I was shocked to see how many Americans still believe in God, especially since you know, there seemed to have been a positive trend for a long time. This is a famous uh, cover of Time Magazine. A lot of you might remember, Is God Dead? And this is going back to 1966. So this is already something that was out there, it was a trend piece uh, in 1966 for, for Time Magazine about, you know, God being dead, God being on the way out. As a side note, they repurposed this cover uh, during the beginning of the Trump, Trump presidency for Is Truth Dead? Uh, but in 1966, they were asking, is God dead? And he wasn't in 1966, and he's not now. I mean, as I said, it's only about 5 or 10% fewer people who believed in God before this piece was written 50-something years ago. This, to me, was the most frightening about um, you know, the primacy of consciousness versus the primacy of existence. 42% of Americans believe that believe that God hears their prayers and intervenes. So 42% believe that they pray to God, could have been any one of those. I mean, it's like your God could be Tom Selleck or something for all I care. I mean, you're praying to a God and he, he or she intervenes. 28% says that he hears prayers only. So he's only, you know, only hears the prayers, he's, but he's, he's busy. What does he got to interview with you for? Miss Rand, as you might imagine, had a lot to say about this. Let's listen. Yeah. You've got to allow that, that uh, you're not smart enough to know whether or not there's a God. Yes, I am, and everybody curious. Is what? Smart enough. That doesn't take much. I think that's it's such a great moment, you know, because Donahue, is great, but Donahue's like, you got it. Of course, you don't have the science, and Miss Rand is so cool. Yes, I am smart enough. And so is everyone else here. It's just a great, great moment. She was smart enough to know. Yeah. You've that. got to allow. And I point you to a wonderful essay. I mean, the frightening part is that 
this belief in God, this mysticism is such a part of American culture. And to Miss Rand's and Dr. Peikoff's point, this is a trend that began uh, basically, uh, if you listen to as, as it's told, at least as I understand it from Dr. Peikoff, in the 1980s, he wrote a wonderful article, which I recommend called Religion Versus America. It's republished in The Voice of Reason. And I'll quote a, a bit of it now, quote, religious America is awakening, perhaps just in time for our country's sake, said Mr. Reagan in 1980. In a struggle against totalitarian tyranny, traditional values based on religious religious morality are among our greatest strengths. So this was something that was coming in in in, in the 1980s, very explicit into politics. Congressman Jack Kemp saying, religious views lie at the heart of our political system. Or William Bennett, who was the secretary uh, uh, education at the time, Quoting him now through Dr. Peikoff, our values as a free people and the central values of the Judeo-Christian tradition are the flesh of the flesh and and blood of the blood. So this belief in God that basically in my mind is unchecked through most of the 20th century, it's haunting us um, and continues to this day. Now, a lot of you might know, or some of you might know that Miss Rand, as I understand it, supported or at least approved of Barry Goldwater's presidential run. I think that's 1968, if I'm getting my uh, dates correct, although it could have been earlier, forgive me. She supported his run. In fact, she corresponded with him. And this is a, a, some terrific material that's on the Ayn Rand Institute website. Um, and I've heard this story before. Um, you know, She kind of instructs him on conservatism and what he really means. He, he should identify it as free enterprise, et cetera. And I think I remember Dr. Peikoff's telling a story that she, you know, he used to say that um, the communists were atheistic communists, kind of stressing the fact that they were atheistic. And I believe, as I understand from Dr. Peikoff, Ms. Rand basically addressed that with him and say, well, you know, why, you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing them. Why are you saying they're atheistic? That's not the essential here. Um, And he stopped saying it after that point. This is as told as I believe by Dr. Peikoff. So she supported Barry Goldwater, but by the time it got to Ronald Reagan, and again, as I understand it, the religious mysticism was so explicitly part of the so-called advocacy for capitalism. And again, Dr. Peikoff tells a wonderful story from his podcast where when Reagan announced his candidacy or when Reagan got interested and started running, um, they had, uh, Ms. Rand had one of her students, one of her colleagues, call the Reagan uh, office, call the Reagan campaign office, and basically ask what the view on abortion was. And it, as I remember Dr. Peikoff saying it, they hadn't decided yet. They hadn't decided yet. And of course, they decided to be very anti-abortion. And what was the justification? What's always the justification is, you know, you don't want to piss off the big man upstairs. So she did, was not a supporter of Reagan. She was not, uh, uh, did not vote for him. And she talks about this in her last interview uh, given in New Orleans, I believe in 1981 or even early, early 1982. Some people think that the election of Ronald Reagan and similar political developments suggest a shift in the direction of the ideas you've been proposing. Yet you seem very gloomy about our future. Why? 
or because I don't think that Ronald Reagan represents proper kind of advocate of capitalism. He is not for capitalism. He stands for a mixed economy, and uh, he's not a very good politician. I never voted for him. I didn't vote for anyone this time. But uh, I do believe there is a shift to the right. The public is tired of the welfare state. They would like to return to some rational Americanism, but there is no intellectual leadership. None at all. Uh, that line from her, which often people don't hear, is so relevant today. You know, the people are, want to get rid of the welfare state, but, you know, what does she say? There's just no intellectual leadership, none at all. And in my opinion, Bonnie, who's a member of the Ayn Rand Center UK, she says, you know, Reagan hadn't decided yet, you know, the heck with objectivity. Well, again, as Ms. Rand says, when Reagan was governor, he was much more friendly to abortion. You know, again, I haven't studied this. I'm, I'm, I'm learning from Dr. Peekoff and his podcast. As he tells it, when Reagan was governor of California, he was much more lenient, if, if nothing else, of abortion. But, um, you know, he went which way the political winds were blowing, no objectivity, no morality. And Miss um, Rand was, was very much opposed to him. I mean, the irony is, is that how often when you're scooting around the web, do you see something like, you know, well, Ayn Rand and Ronald Reagan, two peas in a pod and all that bullshit. It was just, she, you know, people take just a moment and that's what you're doing here today. You're learning about Ayn Rand, you're a student of objectivism. So you can set someone straight in the future when they say, oh, you know, Ayn Rand and Ronald Reagan, they're just, you know, buddies a, a, a way back. You say, actually, you know, she opposed them for a number of reasons, abortion, one of them. Um, what's so maddening now and why you rarely see me doing shows about politics at all is that nothing's changed. The same Jack Kemp, Ronald Reagan notion that uh, you know, um, Judeo-Christian values are at the heart of our country, are at the heart of liberty. I mean, this is a headline from October of last year. So this is, has not changed a bit. And just as Ms. Rand said, that there's no intellectual leadership, none at all. I mean, I think with the ex exception of a lot of the minds I saw at Ocon this, this week, the same thing. I mean, here is Charlie Kirk, who, as Yaron Brook will recall, Charlie Cook, Kirk, was in his, when he was a student, would go to Yaron Brook's uh, 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 lectures. I mean, Charlie Kirk had a relationship, as I understand it, with Dr. Brooke, he was supportive of Dr. Brooke, and he, as many do, seemed to go completely off the, I mean, this to me is the deep end, the headline, Charlie Kirk wants church and state mixed together, wrongly declares that our founding fathers believed in that. So, I mean, he, here's the one of the leading voices. Charlie Kirk has a massive following. He's from Chicago, I've met him. I always thought he was kind of creepy, but whatever. I mean, he's, he's doing his thing. He wants explicitly, and this is a very influential voice. And what's so maddening is this is the same bullshit that turned, in my opinion, turned Miss Rand off from Ronald Reagan and the conservatives, which are supposed to be the voices of capitalism in this country. Here's Candace Owens, who, huh, um, again, I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing Miss Rand here, but there's no intellectual leadership, none at all. Candace Owens is criticizing the brainwashing at U.S. schools. Of course, she's not calling for uh, an abolition of public education. She just wants to have her sort of brainwashing. 
And she told the crowd that she has no current plans to run for office, but gotta always throw this in, if she felt God wanted her to, she would. So she's just waiting around for God. We're all just waiting around for God. This is what's gonna save us from anything. I mean, anything. This is the absence of intellectual leadership uh, among the most rising stars in supposedly the, the new, the, the defenders of capitalism. One second. This is an article from Fox Nation. From past to present, Fox Nation's Building on the American Heritage traces the history foundation of the US. Looking a little into the article, it discusses, quoting now, the program discusses the founding principles and Judeo-Christian values from which this, from which America was born. It's a belief in God, belief that faith, Judeo-Christian values, AKA faith is at the heart of this country. I mean, I, I edited a whole book by Miss Rand uh, illustrating just the opposite of that, that it's Aristotelian individualism and reason that it's the heart of America's fundamentals. But today's so-called conservative intellectual leadership, I don't know, they don't see it at all. Now, I wanna thank all of you for not donating so far on the super chat. I appreciate that because it's obvious to me that you're just kind of bundling it up now. It's gonna be more like, you know, you wait all day to have a good meal and then you have like a fogo de chow at the end because besides a, a few from our from from some of our most valued treasures, you got to throw us a few pounds, a few shekels, rupiah. Uh, if this is a value to you, don't be a freeloader. Every two dollars, every three dollars helps Daniel, helps Razi, helps keep all this programming on the air, including live from Ocon. So. Throw us two or three dollars. I mean, you're throwing everyone else. Hulu, you know, Hulu doesn't give you this. Netflix doesn't give you this. So, so make it happen. Anyway, so this is this is the intellectual leadership now. Now, listen to Dr. Peikoff. He will also point out, I believe very correctly, that this notion that America is founded as this religious Judeo-Christian state is wrong. In Dr. Peikoff's lecture, "Religion Versus America," he points out that the founders were deists. Quoting Dr. Peikoff now, many of the founding fathers, of course, continue to believe in God and to do so sincerely, but it was a vestigial, vestigial, vestigial belief, a leftover from the past, which no longer shaped the essence of their thinking. God, so to speak, had been kicked upstairs. He was regarded now as an aloof spectator who neither responds to prayer nor offers revelations nor demands emoliation. Isn't that interesting now? You know, the founding fathers, knew that they God didn't respond to prayer. And yet you've got what 40 or some percent of Americans who think that today that think he he uh, responds to prayer uh, prayer. This sort of viewpoint, again quoting Dr. Peacock, known as deism, cannot properly speaking be classified as a religion. It set the stage in the atrophy of religion. It is the step between Christianity and outright atheism atheism. And in fact, I think you know he says it's been kicked upstairs. I think of it in a weird way like taming. You know, I think of you know, Christianity uh, in many ways, Judaism has been kind of been tamed and some of the other religions like militant Islam obviously have not. But um, the founders were not big religionists, they were deists. And Dr. Peacock's article and, and the speech uh, addresses that specifically. Here's Ms. Ran on the topic with, Dr., uh, with uh, Donahue. Is that when you accept Right. such an important issue as the creation of the universe, yes. on faith, you're destroying 
your confidence and the validity of your own mind. It has to be either reason or faith. I am against God for the reason that I don't want to destroy reason. I don't... Give us a chance, all right? We appreciate your zeal, but if you continue that, it's going to make it difficult for the other people to absorb oh, what, what's going on here. He okay? says, how can I be against God? I'm against those who conceived that idea. I love that moment. I mean, she, she looks at him. That's a gr it's just such a great moment. She looks back at him, and she, with a look and with a, a, a very poignant comment, she's against those who conceived that idea, and I'm against those who propagate that idea, people who appeal to religious mysticism. You know, I, I, my answer more and more, and thank you, Apollo, for, for really a great donation, two pounds. Now, although the pound is, you know, eh, you're all right in my book, no, Apollo. No, seriously, thank you. And of course, thank you being for being kind of a regular in one of our conversations. So I love this moment here, you know, and this rant says, look, I'm, a, I, or she says, I'm against those who put forth that idea. And, you know, that's something that I think we as objectivists and students of objectivism really have to be cognizant of and vocal about. Quoting Dr. Peikoff now, there could be no philosophic breach between thought and action. The consequences of the epistemology of religion is the politics of tyranny. And as I understand from Dr. Peikoff's dim hypothesis, I mean, this is, this is in effect coming true. I mean, this is uh, religious mysticism is that tyranny. If you cannot reach the truth by your own mental powers, but must, must offer obedient faith to a cognitive authority, then you are not your own intellectual master. In such a case, you cannot guide your behavior by your own judgment either, but must be submissive in action as well. This is the reason why historically, as Ayn Rand has pointed out, faith and, faith and force are always corollaries. Each requires the other. And I, you know, my interpretation is that these days, it's, it's not just faith in the supernatural, but it's, safe, it's of course faith on his or her uh, homies here on earth who speak on his or her behalf. Thank you, equal to reality. Cheer up, I'm cheery, I'm cheery, I'm very cheery about this. You know, but I, I am sick of seeing God even talked about anymore. You know, I, I want Tom Selleck to be just inserted. I mean, it's almost like that family guy where Peter talked about the Church of the Fonz. I mean, fuck, what, fuck not. Why not Church of the Fonz? I mean, there is no God. Why, why does this continue in this country? So thank you, Equal to Reality. Thanks for being a student of objectivism. Thank you, Mika, for your uh, contribution. You guys are keeping this going. I mean, who else before Ayn Rand Center UK was producing this type of objectivist programming. I mean, you used to have to write away for tapes. You used to have to hope to see somebody who could even talk about this shit. So we're able to have this conversation. It's because of $2 at a time from Johnny Rees. Thank you, Johnny. Who's Johnny? I'm sure you've gotten that joke many times, but um, um, <laughs> thank you all. You guys, true, you're keeping the, light, the, the lights going. You're keeping Rozzy going. He does not live high in the hog at all. He puts all this together in our shoestring. So thank you for being part of it. So one of the reasons I'm fired up about this is what Dr. Peikoff identifies as the psychological results of altruism. And they're not good. I mean, if you're sacrificing yourself to God, you're not living your own life. You're not living for you. You're living for, um, you're living for someone else. 
and it's that altruism. I think it's whether it's sacrificing yourself for God or for nature or for the greater good or for your, you know, my brother, your brother's keeper. We'll talk about that in a moment, but here's Dr. Peacock identifying. I mean, you have a lack of self-esteem. You don't love others when you're in effect forced to sacrifice for them. So you have a lack of respect for others. You have a terrible view in existence and you're very lethargic to, to ethics. So because ethics is, you know, whatever God says it is at the moment. And I'll point out one to me too, in terms of how altruism plays out in politics is this whole, I am, am I not my brother's keeper? I mean, I think the implication there is just like one day you're gonna go in front of God, any one of those could be the female God, could be the black God, the gay God, the, the long bearded God, any one of those, any one of them has that same idea that yes, you are your brother's keeper. And that's why we get on both sides of the aisle, we've got Republicans who now want to have total ban on abortion, total ban on abortion. Now, you know what Ms. Rand thought about that, but, you know, you know, they're, they're active. This is what God would want them to do. God wants them to protect life. God created this baby. And who are we to stand in the way? I mean, that's so, but it's not just Republicans. I mean, here's the Democrats now. This is just ripped from the headlines today. Democrats plan to raise taxes on wealthy to shore up Medicare. I mean, am I not my brother's keeper? God would want you to help these people. They're in need. You've got the money. They don't. So, you know, God wants you to do that. So equal to reality, who is a, a member? Um, says he thinks of God. He thinks of Morgan Freeman. Um, I mean, why not? It's, you know, Morgan Freeman, it's like anyone, anyone who's approachable and nice, on screen, I guess I, you know, and not bad looking, I'd spend the rest of eternity with him. I mean, you know, but there is that sense of God is some kind of a grandfatherly um, kind man who's gonna take care of you. And that's not only not only true, but I find that a lot of times people lose, lose a cognitive uh, cognition and, and, you know, let's just say knowledge as they get a little older, kind of deviating a little bit, but, um, so it's on both sides, altruism, mysticism, and as Ayn Rand pointed out, philosophy or religion is a primitive form of philosophy. And I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you were literally, if you were, you know, people prayed for the harvest, what did they know? I mean, they were so early on in man's just knowledge. I and mean, we're talking about those early days. I, I don't know exactly, I can't quote the, quote the years, but like, you know, when you were eating moss and living like an animal. I mean, you prayed for the sun, you pray for this or that, but we're not there anymore. We have moved so far beyond that. And Ms. Rand identifies, I think correct, correctly, religion is that early form of philosophy of kind of understanding the world, but we're not there anymore. So what the fuck with you 80% of Americans who are still believing in God? It's time to step it up. It's time to step it up to philosophy. Quoting Ms. Rand now, philosophy is the goal towards which religion was only a helplessly blind groping. It kind of seems like that, right? You know, if you were like, oh, what's the world? How does it work? I don't understand anything. I mean, that's so, you made something up. But again, quoting Miss Rand now, the grandeur, the reverence, the exalted purity, the austere dedication to the pursuit of truth, which are commonly associated with the religion, should probably belong to the field of philosophy. And I think that's so spot on and all the time people spend, you know, thinking about religion and how they can sacrifice and what would God would want them to do, put it towards reason, put it towards selfishness, rational selfishness, selfishness, 
live your life on this earth, trading with others, learning from others, benefiting from others, um, and not because you're going to get a high five from St. Augustine or St. Pat or whatever on your way in the door, because there is no door. What there is, however, is trade. And if you've been with us, you are getting something out of this. You could be watching anything else right now, but you are watching this and you're making us part of your media mix. And we really appreciate it. As I said, there was not too much objectivist programming before the Ayn Rand Center UK came along. Uh, of course, there's always been scholars, but in terms of a, a great conversation between, um, between all of us as students of objectivism. I mean, I've been studying objectivism since I've been basically 19 years old. Let's see, I'm 26 now. So anyway, it's been a long time. And I wanna highlight in addition to our super chatters, uh, we have members of the Ayn Rand Center UK online as well. Uh, Robin, thank you. Robin Heenan, Johnny Ruiz. Um, Johnny, who's the fuck is Johnny? Funny movie. Well, I was referencing who's Johnny from Short Circuit, which is a movie in the eighties. And I'm sure you weren't even born when that came on. Um, Robin asked, is Ocon over? It is over is my understanding. It was an amazing opportunity, so much momentum and uh, benevolence among objectivists. I mean, at a time in which it seems everyone's so pissed off, this was just such a great experience with really good hearted people and good headed people um, wanting to have fun, wanting to learn, wanting to listen, wanting to share. So it was a really, really awesome experience. Thank you for being a member. Thank you, Bonnie. Bonnie says, if you believe in God, you have a pass on using reason part-time. Yeah, it saves energy. I mean, you don't have to, you know, you can just put it in God's hands or, you know, something like the abortion debate, I think is especially sinister, but we'll keep it on track and, and echo what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, equal to reality says he never believed in God. I never did for a moment. I mean, I never, in fact, I remember at some point I mean, this is long before you, you know, uh, YouTube or Google, but like thinking, now, wait a minute, is there any evidence? Like I was, I always didn't believe it, but then I was like, wait a minute, is there any evidence? I mean, I must've been, I don't know, 11 at the time because, you know, and when I realized that there wasn't evidence, I said, okay, no, now I'm sure. But no, I, I think in every, any child, I mean, as Miss Rand says, you know, I know it's true and, and, and you know, it's true. And in fact, um, you should listen to that interview as well because Donahue says to um, Ms. Rand something to the effect of like, uh, um, when you look around, isn't this amazing? Isn't this incredible? And she looks around and she says, yeah, this is all man-made. <laughs> and it's true. Uh, everything, look in your, wherever you're sitting now, if you're, you're probably in an apartment like I am, everything around me, everything here is man-made. And so it's the reason that we should be exalting. It's reality, it's man's mind. Um, so thank you all for being part of what we're doing here for the Super Chats, watching and telling a friend. We'll be back um, next week with more of the Daily Objective. We've got tons coming up. I'm gonna tell you what it is coming up in fact. It's tons coming up, always coming up. At 7 p.m. UK time, which is coming up I believe soon, it's just in a couple hours. Um, I set my watch on UK time now anyway. Um, it's Jim Brown. I mean, Jim Brown is a finance expert. He's a very successful man and he's got a really uh, important perspective on uh, investing, telling you where to put your money. And he'll be on with Brian Simpson in just one half hour from now. So it's just a half hour from now. Wait, this watch is 
Oh, you know what? I got to wind it. It's a pocket watch, actually. Anyway, we'll see you in a half an hour for uh, Jim Brown with the Finance Friday. And thank you for supporting all that we're doing here with the, the uh, Ayn Rand Center UK. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I, I was at Ocon and uh, a couple people came up to me and they said, oh, you know, we love your show. We love, you know, we always love your show. And, you know, I've been in this game for a number of years. So I said, oh, you know, you, you see me on Fox Business or, oh, you mean my, my radio show? And they say, no, 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 your show on Ayn Rand Center UK. So that makes me delighted that you're getting a value out of this. We are too, but we need your support to do it. We'll see you Monday. And as always, best premises.